Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The shocking revelation from the FAA. They've ordered about 60 pilots who are also military veterans out of the cockpit amid an investigation into nearly 5,000 pilots who the FAA alleges falsified medical records. The VA Inspector General's office became, quote, concerned that some pilots may be hiding mental health conditions or fraudulently receiving disability benefits. The FAA saying it has closed about half the cases and says a majority of the pilots whose cases remain open can still fly while they investigate. 600 of the pilots under investigation have licenses to fly passenger airlines. There's a couple interesting angles to this story. As I know some military people and I know some pilots and... uh pass that along to you but the wall street journal had this story yesterday Five thousand pilots suspected of hiding major health issues most are still flying that's a pretty eye-grabbing headline makes you go oh my god my pilot's got a heart problem and is gonna crash us into the ground or whatever what's going on here at least in this particular case is you have a lot of military veterans that the claim is and this might be true in some cases uh the claim is that A lot of these veterans are minimizing their ailments to the FAA so that they don't lose their license, but exaggerating them to the VA to maximize their disability payments. So it's, Ah. I can't, I can't, you know, function in society because of my PTSD. I need a big check. But to your, to the FAA, you're saying, I'm fine. I got no problems. Uh, You know, you check a box saying you've never had any problems so that they don't take away your flying license. So that could be going on. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, well, the more the government controls and the more financial success depends on kowtowing to the government, the more you see gaming the system. The FAA relies on aviators to self-report conditions that can otherwise be difficult to detect, such as depression or post-traumatic stress, according to physicians who conduct the exams. You'd have to be a certain sort of person who's got a really good job. Like, you're a commercial airline pilot. You're making good money. you got a great job. 
you got a big union and all that sort of stuff, and you're going to, what, go to your boss and say, you know, I've been feeling kind of depressed lately. You probably should not let me fly. I mean, who's going to do that? Or even, more likely, hey, I'm getting treated for depression, but I'm I'm great. Um, right. It's it's part of part of life. I'm dealing with it, and I, I cherish every life on board, every well, aircraft I ever fly, so don't worry about it. You know how many people are taking some sort of medicine for depression that are no threat to you whatsoever? Gazillions! Right, yeah, yeah. I uh, and and I bet, I bet this is a factor in it too. Um, a young person who I know was told quite specifically by a military recruiter, "Don't tell the truth about that." I know, I know about a mental health issue. I know this for a fact, and uh, I'll be vague myself. But you hear noises that no, 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 no. That may be the way it used to be, but now you can be, you know, you can report that you're dealing with this or that. Not if you want to move up or get that next assignment doing this or that you can't be honest mm-hmm. it just doesn't work that way and uh so uh, this from a uh, pilot i know there are so many tiny little ways you can lose your license i happen to know this pilot like his biggest fear is any sort of minor health problem you could have the most minor of health problems that like is very common to have occur to you like in your 50s or early 60s or whatever but you ain't gonna get to fly anymore if, if, if it's something you have to report, hmm. just because they're very particular about that sort of thing. Like taking Sudafed can cause you to lose your license. What? I'm not exactly sure why. The hoops you have to go through to get the license back is major. You, for instance, you get disoriented that day, for example. If you knew you'd lose your livelihood by reporting it, would you report to somebody that you got disoriented for a few minutes? You'd have to undergo massive testing and jump through tons of bureaucratic red tape to get your job back. So unless it's a major concern, most people will not report it. And that's why they have two guys in the cockpit on all planes anyway, in case one of them does, you know, fall over from a heart attack or stroke or whatever the heck happens to. Two people, please, you sexist. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's fine. That's fine. Which is fine. I'm a little, uh, the, the two people in there and, and well, yeah, yeah, the yeah, pilots I'm, are kind of self-regulating. I, I'm fine with that, too. Do you remember when that uh, when uh, both those commercial pilots uh, had a heart attack and and the plane went down? No, neither do I because it doesn't happen. Or do you remember the uh, the pilot who was depressed so took the plane into the ground on purpose Maybe. and he got away with it because the other pilot had had a stroke. <laughs> maybe no. maybe that Malaysian flight. Maybe that's what happened, but that would be an outlier. And we don't even know that that's the case. So, yeah, it's not an ongoing problem. Flip on CNN. They're probably still searching for that plane. (laughs) I'm glad I don't have a job, though, where if I got some, like, fluttering in my heart today and went to the doctor, that's going to show up and I'm done. Sorry, you can't be on the radio. You had a heart flutter and, you know, can't do it. You got a cold. You got an inner ear thing and you feel a little vertigo for a second and you feel better. You can't report that or you're out. And there's a pilot shortage already. Right. So that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see this develop. I don't feel particularly threatened nope. by, yeah, as we were saying. Oh, speaking of transportation, I thought this was so good. Have you ever heard the term uh, regulatory cobwebs before? I hadn't. I don't think uh, so. But it's uh, it's something that came out of this uh, article by uh, Holman Jenkins, why our EV policies are so extremely stupid, <laughs> which I thought was a great headline. Blame laws and rules enacted when nobody was thinking about electrical vehicles or climate change. The idea of regulatory cobwebs is 
they pass rules and regulations and priorities, and then the spider of need moves on, but the cobwebs remain. And you end up with a regulatory environment that is so convoluted, confusing, complex, and sticky, it's, it's perverse. And they're talking about the incentives for EVs in particular. And then the spider climbs in your ear and lays the eggs of necessity. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I got to admit, when I had my, uh, and nobody wants to hear about earwax. We've established that. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. I wish you hadn't said it. I know. I know. It's There are very few substances that are less appealing. But it's a sickening. I've got to admit, I was 98% convinced that once again, I had a problem with the aforementioned body substance. Uh, but there was like 5% of me thinking, boy, I hope the... Uh, well, I hate to even say it out loud. Spider Hope eggs? Nothing crawled in there and laid eggs or something like that. <laughs> nope, turned out to be wax, folks. All was well. <clears throat> oh, jeez. Anyway, so uh, this this uh, piece of journalism in the Wall Street Journal is talking about how uh, behind the scenes and after they retire, all of the major car manufacturing CEOs say the same thing that this is absolutely nuts. Um, the the summary being the policies and market realities now cause automakers to churn out exactly the wrong kind of electric vehicles if the goal as we claim is carbon reduction uh jim farley admitted last year he's the ceo of ford that ford needs more profits from gas-powered cars to cover losses from electric vehicles and more recently conspicuously trimmed back ford's commitment to evs saying the company was losing too much money on them you see that i wish more people understood this yeah there are a lot of evs on the lot because the government made them produce a certain number of evs and they've got to have a their gas mileage thing so all the vehicles that people want that they actually make a profit off off of are over here and then the vehicles that we have to have to keep our doors open are over here it's hilarious in a, a supposedly free market system and to the extent that americans want evs they want biggins Sure. Which have allegedly more environmental impacts. Not a surprise. Yeah. So, uh, but then he says, uh, our fuel economy regulations are incurably stupid. Not because our leaders are necessarily stupid. Not necessarily. Uh, But because an inherited structure of regulation traps us in a stupid policy. The net result is a convoluted set of impulses that authentically serve no purpose at all, have no net benefits for the American people or climate, as even the U.S. Department, uh, Transportation Department was obliged recently to disclose in the Federal Register. A Rube Goldberg testimony to path dependency. That's another term that I'm not really familiar with. I think I can figure out what it means in in context. You, you get down a path a certain amount of time, and you just feel like you have to keep going down that path. Sure. But as the great philosopher, was it Kant or Robert Plant, said, yes, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. Anyway. Great lesson in sunk costs. That's a good point. Uh, plus, he was going to give you every inch of his love, yeah, or so he claimed. Ah, that earwax in the same uh, segment. Wow, I know. I, what's that? I, I'm out of control. Anyway, back to uh, cars and that sort of thing. <clears throat> I love Led Zeppelin, but I hate the stupid I'm going to sex you up songs. Just to whatever happened to subtlety, Moon June Spoon, whatever happened to a good love song? Huh? <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> uh, Bubba. Oh, here it is. 
You're familiar with a Rube Goldberg machine, right? That reference, it, it was actually a thing for a while in the 19th, 20th century. You would build these incredibly elaborate machines, much, much, much more elaborate than was necessary to get a little silver ball from here to there. It was an exercise in mechanical cleverness and, and amusing a crowd. But that's a Rube Goldberg machine, something that is ridiculously complex for a simple task. <clears throat> I just want to make sure everybody follows the reference. A Rube Goldberg testimony to path dependency. These rules were created for one reason. Gas shortages in the 1970s. With new rationales periodically adopted in keeping with the scary thing du jour. Uh, air pollution. Then encouraging small car production in domestic factories. Then energy independence. Then fighting climate change. Yet, as our government now admits in official documentation, no matter the declared purpose, the rules achieve more cost than benefit. And then they go into some specifics of the auto industry that are a little complicated. Um, but he points out that this is all also mind-bogglingly expensive for the auto manufacturers who then have to double down on the profitable stuff, which is really the last thing your climate activists want to happen, which is big, powerful vehicles. Mm-hmm. And it is time to absolutely tear this thing down to the studs and start again because it is impossibly complex and utterly counterproductive, which is not shocking the more you live and learn and and see government at work. Right. Oh, and this guy says either, oh, whatever the stated goal of our fuel economy regulations this week, this month, or this year, um, GM's Mr. Lutz remains the clear thinker. Either hit Americans with a stiff gasoline tax or give up and let market forces decide which cars will be offered for sale. That first one would be super unpopular. It would get people to fuel economy. Like it has in Europe, tiny little hamster-driven clown cars. <laughs> right. Vivek Ramaswamy on Meet the Press will hit on that this hour, among other things. He was asked, I thought some unfair questions about that horrible race killing over the weekend, but more on that later. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think I would like to be remembered as a man who loved all living things and did everything that he could to make it a better world for animals and when he had time, did a lot of television shows, too. There you go. Bob Barker, who died uh, very old over the weekend. How old was he? 90-something. 99, I believe, yeah. I I do not mean to be flip or anything. I hadn't realized he was still with us. (laughs) No. Game show host for a gazillion games. Mostly The Price is Right, but Truth or Consequences when I was a kid, which I loved that show. Anyway, we've got a blooper from, uh, is this Price is Right? Yeah, it's Price is Right. It's just a special event that happens. Did he come up with the idea that if you guess over, you're automatically out? Because I don't understand why going over... That's that's foolish. It 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 opens the the ability to go one penny under, which is just mm, it's cheating to me. Anyway, here's a Bob Barker highlight. Patricia Bernard, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Just a moment. An emergency has occurred. This moment had to occur, did it not? Patricia has gone to the little girl's room. A gentleman, whom I assume is her husband, has rushed out to get her. A page has gone after the gentleman. Everyone in America is wondering how long can they wait for Patricia. Here comes Patricia! Man, being smooth is a marketable skill. Yeah, well, as he made clear, he'd like to be remembered as a guy who who was an animal uh, care and rights guy. So that's fine. I'll remember him that way, and he punched, according to his wishes. punched Adam Sandler in the face in that movie. That's the other thing he's really known for, for like my kid's generation. Yeah, that's a good point. Coming up, Vivek Ramaswamy on Meet the Press. Being asked some tough questions. I thought he handled them pretty well. And usually when politicians are on these shows, I do this thing. I don't know. Maybe uh, Does everybody do this? I do this. I immediately go into how I would answer the question in my head. <laughs> And and often I feel like I would answer the question better than them. But he was getting asked stuff, and I thought, how do you handle this? How do you handle these questions from the media as a Republican? Anyway, we'll get to that next segment. Yeah, um, this is just worth a, a quick mention, I guess. Uh, the fallout of the death of uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, the Wagner Group uh, goon. Uh, two things. Number one, uh, somebody in the Russian hinterlands posted and it got retweeted around a picture of what was a Wagner cemetery for hundreds of dudes who died uh, in Ukraine got bulldozed and it's just a cleared field now you can't tell anything was ever there wow and and as I captioned the report when you're out you're out (laughs) so so much for the heroes of the motherland then this from the New York Times, Wagner mourners in Moscow reflect Prigozhin's appeal among Russians. And they've got uh, somebody built a makeshift memorial forum there in Moscow. And uh, bunches of people are showing up, dozens at a time, hundreds, whatever, uh, to mourn the fella. And some of the quotes are something. 25-year-old Aliona says, this is a person the whole world feared 
That alone is worth respecting. He didn't just make people fear him. He created a system that no one else had, did something that no one else had done, referring to his gumption to stand up to the military establishment, etc. If Wagner were to disappear, it'd be a big loss indeed. Well, how um, are those former Wagner groups uh, loyalists reacting to their cemetery being bulldozed? I think they see which way the wind is blowing. Get on board or 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 not. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And some of these young people saying Wagner leaders were honest. They told us everything. He was a hero of mine, blah blah blah. This guy crushed people's heads with with, with sledgehammers. He'd whisk them out of prisons, tell them you're going to get a great deal, then say run toward that machine gun. I'm not armed. Do it or I'll crush your head. That's their hero. Oof. Wow. If you miss an hour of this show, get the podcast. Subscribe to Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A major update just in from federal court in Washington, D.C. Judge Tanya Chutkin setting a start date for Donald Trump's federal trial over his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. So that's so the date is going to be March 4th, 2024 for that trial, which I understand from from reading it right now, because it's a federal trial, Trump's the Georgia date, which was also first week of March. But sorry, you're out of luck. The federal one takes precedence. So this trial is going to start the day before Super Tuesday? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, maybe. Maybe. A judge can declare something, but if the defense especially can make a strong case, in order to defend my client's constitutional rights, I need another three weeks to go through discovery and evidence. Judges are very cautious about uh, saying, no, you're going to show up because then it's, it's you know, ripe for appeal. Well, ask 10 different lawyers and you get 10 completely different opinions and they're all certain they're right. But a number of my favorite pundits have thought this one is going to be 
harder to move off its date than than a lot of the other ones where everybody was saying not a chance that trial happens on the date they picked. Um, so again, I think Trump is guilty of a few things, but I'm supposed to believe that all these different trials and charges are occurring during the presidential election. Just a coincidence. This wasn't. This isn't some effort to derail him during the presidential election. Just all these things. Some of them happened a year ago. Some of them happened like seven years ago. But now, just now, all of them. No matter what, the trial has to happen in 2024. And now I'm supposed to believe that two different trials just coincidentally wanted to have their trials the day before Super Tuesday. Is that what I'm supposed to believe? It's too much. That the judge picked that date on a calendar. They're not paying attention to the politics at all. They're above the politics. I wouldn't know when Super Tuesday is. I'm just a judge who cares about... Am I actually supposed to believe that? I am not a supporter of Trump in 24, and it stinks to high heaven. It's... it's You just... You can't ask people to believe that. It's too much. It's, it's, it's like, you know, I don't know what, a, 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 a mouse, a human, an elephant, and a dragon all giving birth at the same moment, coincidentally having gestated for two weeks, nine months, two years, and 50 years, or whatever dragons do. It just so happens they all came out at exactly the same time. Nobody's going to believe that. And plus, and also the gross overcharging. From Alvin Bragg, who is a joke in Manhattan, to the, the the Georgia lady, the Fulton County lady, Fonnie Willis. There are a couple of those charges that I think, wow, those people shouldn't have done that. But the whole RICO statute thing, the more I read about that, the more of a stretch it seems and, and more difficult to prove. But she's hit, hit him with how many charges is it? 19 defendants? It just all seems a bit much. Yeah, I just think the timing of it makes you look bad. God, if I was if I was a judge and I wanted people to believe I was not out to get Trump, if I found out that date was before Super Tuesday, I might move it to a different date for politics in the reverse. Right, so it doesn't yeah. look like yeah. way more than you can ask people to believe. <laughs> exactly. I've been I'm scouring Twitter for some of my favorite pundits to comment on this, but most of my favorite pundits are uh, hardcore anti-hot take shooting from the hip people, which is what I like about them. But They want to learn more and think about it first? <laughs> what? That's stupid. No, you got to have a hot take. What is that, uh, what is that Bill Clinton said about... Uh, uh, I'm tempted to make a terrible Monica joke, but I'll pass. Go on. Something. Oh, wrong and strong is better than. Oh, right. And, you know, kind of mealy mouthed or you waited too long or whatever. Better to be wrong and strong. Often wrong. Never in doubt. Et cetera. Yes, that's uh, <laughs> politically. Super. I do. I do think that works. OK, to, to a large extent. Yeah. Switching gears. Do I want to switch gears? Do we want to let, switch me, let gears? me throw in this before we switch gears? Okay. Uh, my personal policy, and, and this is going to strike you as just insane if you're a new listener to the show, is 
when Trump is right, I say he's right. When he's wrong, I say I think he's wrong. So if you can't, if that's not cool for you, we understand. I wish you well in your future endeavors. Maybe tune in some other time, but um, that's just the way I do it. Uh, so I think Trump is absolutely getting railroaded on most of the charges against him. I think he's in trouble on some. Uh, and and this, the whole, um, the number of views of the Tucker interview on Twitter, Trump tweeted out. He's back on Twitter. Did you hear that? Uh, he, I think he tweeted out or truthed out. I don't care. Uh, 211 million views and still counting. The biggest video on social media ever. More than double the Super Bowl. Well, the uh, senior VP of news on Fox uh, News uh, replied, if we apply the Twitter standards in which two seconds constitutes a, quote, view, and the same person can be counted multiple times, last night's debate generated over 46 billion views, which is really pretty impressive on a planet of 8 billion people. Boy, well, perhaps the views standard is just nonsense. See, that seems like it would be an exaggeration in the other direction. Is there a way we can come up with a method to where we have some idea how many people tuned into these things i would like to know i really would like to know but they need to be real numbers uh, at present i guess not maybe, or it would maybe. take so much manpower to figure out and compile i wonder and nobody's if doing it. i wonder if th- that day is over maybe that era is over of ever being able to know how many people watched the finale of laverne and shirley because it was easily measurable and there was no place else you could watch it you couldn't tape it and delay it and watch it later or you couldn't watch it on your phone or what none of those yeah. things exist maybe that those days are over maybe we'll just won't have these numbers going forward I think the technology will probably pop up and and they'll come up with a more reasonable standard. Somebody will, but it's not in Twitter's interest to have a reasonable standard. It's in their interest to have a standard that sounds spectacular so people will waste their advertising dollar on online advertising. Yeah, but I've been shocked for years now, though, that they haven't come up with a better method for television. You hear the ratings of of a TV show. That's how many people tuned into that TV show at the hour it was on on that channel doesn't right. tell me anything about people like me who watch the next day on their phone on YouTube. Sure. So I don't know. They got to figure that out. I just because I, I think it's helpful to have a sense of these things. Or I don't know. They didn't know it, these things in the 1800s. They didn't know how many people watched Laverne and Shirley or <laughs> read an article in a newspaper or whatever. However, you got your news. So yeah. Dang yeah. it. Um. God, 24 is going to do it. We've been talking about a sabbatical where we go off to, uh, I don't know, Spain and study Basque culture or something and then come go back. Go off with- to some island and study turtles. Just not this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually do find it fascinating and it's going to be interesting to live through. I guess my, my main concern with all this stuff is it's just... It's not going to have a good result. I I don't care what your politics are. This is not going to have a good result. I have a very bad feeling about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm concerned about the the next five to eight years in the United States. Um, I'm afraid that the uh, unhealthy forces will... I almost said Trump. I'm glad I didn't. I think the unhealthy forces will hold sway over the healthy forces. In our society for some time. Well, the media seems perfectly willing to participate. 
Oh, I mean, they're leading beyond the charge. Willing. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And yeah, that flex. that was kind of holding all this back for a while. But those days are over. Anyway, speaking so on, oh, go ahead. Speaking of the media and the way they handle things, and you know, uh, they're more about uh, throwing gas on fires than they are than getting the truth. We can get into some of how the media covered the horrible shooting over the weekend. So that'll be coming up in the next segment. And I'm thinking maybe hour four, and and a lot of folks don't get hour four live. Uh, uh, grab it via podcast later. It's called Armstrong and Getty on Demand, or you can subscribe so they auto download. Regularly um, gets four billion listens. That's right. Um, it's something Jack brought to my attention years and years ago. Sage that he is, and that's how Big Sugar has been lying to Americans and killing them since 1965. Bastards. I read a really good account of how that developed, oh, and it is devastating. I want to hear that. It's amazing. Vivek had to answer for anybody who's not a Democrat and take the blame for a, a racial shooting over the weekend. I'm not sure that was fair. Uh, how he handled that and just t- talking about it. Coming back. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's always hard to tell if you're being trolled or not in the modern world, but we got a a text around what we were just discussing on the the trial date has been set in one of the federal trials, the one in Washington, D.C., for the day before Super Tuesday. And we got this for text Trump. Mm-hmm. for Trump. And we got this text. You guys in your conspiracy theories, Trump brought all this on himself. Well, he did. He did bring much of his problems on himself. No doubt about that. But really, you think it's a conspiracy theory to think that. So two of the trials have been scheduled now for the day before Super Tuesday. 
Now, Coincidence. Maybe, maybe some lawyer is going to point out, no, no, the legal season begins March, and the only time you could possibly, okay, well, if that's true, somebody let me know, but I haven't heard that yet. Yeah, well, and I don't feel like reinforcing my bona fides as a Trump skeptic. Ask a Trump fan what they think of me. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's a conspiracy <laughs> theory at all. It reminds me in a weird way of, uh, of the OJ case when the LAPD framed the guy who did it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So terrible shooting down in Florida. Well, like I said earlier, there were terrible shootings all across the country. Uh, there always are. Uh, there were like 21 shootings in Chicago over the weekend. But White on black, black on ba- black, black on white, black on Asian. This particular sh- terrible shooting down in Florida, a 21-year-old white man fatally shot three black people, it would seem, because they were black, also because he's crazy. But uh, here's the sheriff talking about the dude and his website and his manifesto and everything. The manifesto is, is, a, is quite frankly, uh, the diary of a madman. Um, he was, he was, I mean, he was just completely irrational. Um, but with his irrational, with his irrational thoughts, he knew what he was doing. He had 100%. He was 100% lucid. He knew what he was doing. And um, again, it's uh, disappointing that anyone would go to these lengths to hurt someone else. I'm not sure I understand how those sentences hold together there from the sheriff. It was the diary of a madman. He was ira- completely irrational. And then he goes into, but he knew what he was doing. He was completely lucid. And, okay. And so they actually played that clip on MSNBC and then got into the discussion of how Republicans in this country are stoking race hate and various things Trump said over the years. The, the sheriff just said it was the diary of a madman, and the guy was completely irrational. Yeah. I wonder if it's like, you know, the famous Son of Sam case in New York City where a serial killer was being instructed by his dog, he thought, to kill people. But he was quite effective at it and quite intent on what he was going to do, and he went ahead and did it. So he was at once completely Fruit Loops and lucid in his activities. So Vivek Ramaswamy was scheduled to be on Meet the Press yesterday, and I'm sure they booked him like the day after the debate because he was such a hot commodity on the debate stage. And uh, the shooting happened over the week, so Vivek ended up in a situation that rather than talking about, I'm sure, policy matters he wanted to discuss or attacking Joe Biden or whatever, he was in a position where he had to answer for the Republican Party on this shooting. How that even tied together, to my mind, I don't quite get. Yeah, utterly unfair from go. Oh, right. So I was listening and actually thinking, here is a rare situation where I feel like I wouldn't know what to say. What are you going to say, Vivek? I mean, how are you going to not come off as, you know, how are you not going to just make things worse for you or the Republican Party, no matter what you say to Chuck Todd here? Well, he started talking about how we have a, a mental health crisis in this country, and we do, and not enough places to take care of these people this guy the shooter had been involuntarily committed to a mental ward once in his life so wow. that's where we uh pick up here in the conversation on meet the press you believe racism is a mental health issue well i do believe that racism in many cases is manufactured in a way that creates more racism in this country I cannot think of a greater way, Chuck, of driving racism than to take something else away from someone based on the color of their skin. The right answer to stop discrimination on the basis of race, as John Roberts said it, is to stop discriminating on the basis of race. 
And I am genuinely worried that we're seeing a new wave of anti-black and anti-Hispanic racism. Just so, you- so just to take a break before he goes on with this, which I think is really interesting, it shows that Vivek has some, he has more than uh, a floret as a gear. Which, in the debate, he kind of came off with, he just pedaled the metal on everything all the time. Little manic, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he realized that on Meet the Press, within hours of the shooting happening, he can't go full Vivek on the, hey, you're discriminating against all kinds of people all the time. And it pisses people off. But he couldn't go, you know, hardcore that, because that wouldn't come off well. So he kind of downplayed it and subtly, subtly positioned it there, which I thought showed some nuance, but... Uh, here's where it goes from here. Your argument comes across as blaming those that are trying to create equality for the rise in racism. Well, the fact is, Chuck, I don't want to be playing a blame game. I want to be going towards a solution. And I am genuinely worried that those who earnestly espouse the view, I'm going to quote Ibram Kendi from his book directly. I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth says the right answer to past discrimination is present discrimination. The right answer to present discrimination is future discrimination. I believe the people who hold that view are earnest about it, but I think they're wrong. And I think that that's actually creating more discrimination and more division in our country. And I think the right answer is actually to restore colorblind equality, colorblind meritocracy, embrace what unites us across our diversity instead of celebrating our skin deep diverse attributes. I loved him quoting that stuff from mm-hmm. Ibram Kendi, where they actually state out loud, I can't believe this is a thing. Yesterday being the over the weekend, the 60th anniversary of the Martin Luther King Jr. speech. I can't believe that on the 60th anniversary weekend of that speech in which he specifically states, I mean, that's that speech being celebrated on all your lefty channels. That speech specifically states he dreams of a day when you're measured by the content of your character, and not the color of your skin, that one of the most heralded lefties of our time is saying the opposite right we need to fix discrimination with more discrimination and here's some hate speech for you i hate chuck todd and (laughs) and that was a great example so it sounds like you're blaming the people who are trying to get racial justice how are they trying chuck they're trying through an abhorrent perverse pyrrhic method that's terrible it's indefensible we're going to eliminate racism through extra strong racism. I thought I thought that was pretty good. He was in a tough spot and the way oh, the, he handled that beautifully. The way the questions were being asked, no democrat is ever going to go on after one of these shootings and have to and have to answer a question of what are you going to do to fix racism in the country? The question would be how are you going to combat republicans stoking racism? I mean that that's what the question would be. And to subtly say when you know, the emotions are still high over a horrible shooting that, look, all of this racism is okay if it goes the other way stuff ain't helping. No, no. Any individual act of violence is is horrible and regrettable and, and ought to be dealt with in as strong a way as possible. But uh, the narrative is so dependent on selective attention. Somewhere in America, something terrible was done to Asian people by a black person to a black person by a white person, to a white person by a black person. A couple of Mexican guys shot each other up, whatever, in a house full of people. But the only the one gets any attention, and the narrative is spun from there. And it's just not helping anybody but lefty clickbait outfits. Yeah. 
Yeesh. So we do four hours every day. If you miss an hour, you should subscribe to our podcast. That way you automatically get all the hours. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Please subscribe today. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.